All right, welcome to this second edition of the NIL Report, focused on subject matter related to all things name, image, and likeness. Michael Spath, good to be with you. Yeah, I mean, this was this is an exciting opportunity, Jeff. Uh, as we talked about uh, coming off of our first podcast, uh, had a lot of fun with with that one, and and shifting a little bit. You know, the first podcast we kind of covered both an administrative standpoint uh, with uh, Ohio State. We looked at it from the athlete standpoint, which we're going to be doing in future podcasts. Uh, with Hunter Dickinson of the University of Michigan. Uh, and uh, we looked at it from the business side, Matt Ishbia, owner of United Wholesale Mortgage, and why he went out there and signed a whole bunch of Michigan State Spartans, uh, both from the football and basketball team. And so uh, really interesting stuff. And I- I've just got to say, Jeff, I don't know how much you've been paying attention to name, image, and likeness. I know you sent me some links, so I know that you're paying attention. Oh, it's hot, yeah. I mean, there's been some, there have been some things. I mean, you know, some really good stories about what the athletes have done with their, with their right. money from name, image, and likeness. Uh, a number of athletes that have signed them. I mean, you know, speaking of Hunter Dickinson, who we had on our first uh, first episode, uh, you know, I've seen, I've been following him on Instagram, and every couple of weeks, right, there's like him promoting some business that's just popping. Uh, I saw something called Reach Body Works, uh, which, um, you know, looked like a stretching or like a rehabilitation sure, sure, facility. Sure. So like yeah. he's he's getting out there. Like these athletes are are finding their way right now yeah. to the deals that make sense to them. Yeah. And I love, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the interesting things the athletes are doing with this opportunity to even give back, be charitable. And, and I think uh, that's a really interesting win-win too, because many brands, it's great for branding, for the brands that get behind this and get involved and the athlete then uses that as a way to give back to the community in whatever way he or she is doing that. That's a powerful thing, you know, but brand purpose matters more than ever in business today. And seeing a brand's money ultimately go to the greater good of whatever community it's serving, that's that's exciting in and of itself. Well, and and you know, brand, you can speak this just this so powerfully, Jeff, as a as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, someone who advises small business owners uh yourself for uh, for startup nation. And but that brand, now we're through a football season, right? We're through that first go round and some of those players, I mean, it's really interesting to me, some of those players that signed big deals in the preseason, maybe they didn't go out there and have a great season. And what is the value to a, to a business owner? Uh, you signed someone, let me, let's use a young man from Ohio state, Quinn Ewers, who was a quarterback who reclassified so that he could come in early and be a freshman. Well, he never saw the field for Ohio state in the 2021 season. CJ Stroud, their starting quarterback ended up being a Heisman trophy finalist. And here's this young man, Quinn Ewers, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging him. He seems like a great young man. He's going to have a lot of opportunities, but he signed this humongous deal with car dealerships. And he had this, you know, I think it was $1.2 million over the course of three years, whereas essentially a, a the, the, the company was paying him $400,000 per year that he was in school. Well, now his first year has come and gone without him doing anything. And he is in the transfer portal. He's going to potentially transfer to Texas, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, a school he's from. So what type of brand do you lose if you're a small business owner and your guy doesn't play? Right, or your brand, athlete brand equity. Yeah. It, 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 you know, you do these deals as a brand because you want it to be for the good of the brand and the betterment of the business. But the reality is what you're pointing out is, I mean, these deals are risky. You know, the, it's one thing to bet on a professional athlete. They're more established. They're, you, you, know, you know they're great or not. That's why they're there at the professional level and excelling at the professional level. At the college level, there's a lot more risk involved in this, a lot more variables. You don't know yet how the player is going to perform or if the player is going to perform. So I think you raise a really interesting point about brands needing to really be sure about the bets they make before they do it. Well, and I think when this happened, this, this name in July is one in effect on July 1st, 2021. And so it was brand new and a lot of team, a lot of companies and, and alumni and the whole thing just rushed to get as many deals in place as possible before football season. 
but there's been some talk in NIL circles that maybe the time to actually uh, make these deals is going to be postseason because a, there's a little more availability. I mean, a, a young man that is, is in practice for 20, 30, 40 hours a week, he's got games, he's got all these things. Uh, or, or, or female athletes on the basketball team. But now it's like, okay, they've gone out there and performed, and wow, we want to be in business with this young person. It's kind of funny because it's the exact opposite of the way of kind of like how NBA and Major League Baseball, like, well, don't we always joke as fans, wouldn't it be nice is after the season you're like, okay, well, you hit 300 this year with 25 home runs, and like, so there gonna, are certain metrics, gonna, and so this is what you get paid we're for pay the you year. Acts, right, exactly. Yeah, or if you, like, you you bat, you know, the Detroit well, Tigers, you bat in our 200, well, guess what? You don't get to make $8 million for yeah. batting 200 this well, year. Well, I'll tell you what, you're probably not going to see performance-based deals in professional sports when it comes to salaries. But I'll bet as this marketplace begins to settle out and the economics fall into place and we learn more about what works, what doesn't, you're going to see a lot more performance-based deals. It just makes sense when it comes to some of this NIL stuff. It does. I really think it does. It's, it's, it's interesting, though, because it is going to be a, a difference than the pros. Like the pros who get rewarded before the season begins, and now we're going to tell college athletes, like, hey, we're going to wait until see how you perform before you get the deal. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on someone to, if you're a freshman, Right, you go out there, and uh, Donovan Edwards, a, a running back for the University of Michigan, had a great rookie season. Well, now he's going to have an opportunity to cash in on that. What happens if you don't hit the big time? What if happens if you don't become a starter until you're a junior or a senior? Yeah, your shelf life is going to be a lot lower. Sure, I think performance at that level matters, but also within the context of the deal itself. You know, these deals, a lot of them are really kind of based on influencer marketing, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people paid regardless of performance and influencer marketing. There's a lot of deals that get made that require you to perform at certain levels and achieve certain things in order to get paid out X, Y, or Z, whatever the deal terms are. So I think you're going to see a lot of that too. Again, the cool thing about all of this, what's really exciting about it is that it's being shaped right before our eyes right now. You know, things that are happening right now, people, brands, athletes, others are learning from the actual real world experiences uh, that are playing out right before our eyes. And it's, it's an exciting thing to, to watch unfold. Absolutely. I'm, I'm preparing to, to teach a class at the University of Michigan in the fall of 2022 and as in my preparation, I have to put together a syllabus and they've asked me like, oh, what are the, the materials you're going to use? What the sources you're going to use? And I'm like, yeah. look, I mean, I could put something together for you, but it's changing. It's so rapidly. As that's I right. speak. That's right. That makes, that's why this is all such exciting stuff. And uh, speaking of exciting stuff, we've got a great show, like great lineup today. Michael, kind of paint the picture, give us the overview, and then we'll get right into it. Yeah. I mean, th- th- we're talking about business owners and I'm really interested in that aspect of it. And how does a business owner treat name, image, and likeness? Uh, and so we're going to talk to Scott Hurth, the owner of the MDEN, which is a merchandise apparel uh, company, very strongly officially, uh, you know, connected to the University of Michigan out of Ann Arbor, although you can find their stores in other places too, and certainly online. And then uh, their rival, uh, Michigan State, Michigan State Credit Union, uh, April Klobis, the uh, CEO, the president of the Michigan State Credit Union, also uh, a small business owner in that particular town. I'm really interested to hear what they have to say because Jeff, one of my theories about this is that in each college town, there is an opportunity for athletes because there are going to be local businesses that are not going to, that are going to make sense for them to have local athletes and college athletes, whether you're at Western Michigan or at Albion College or at Toledo, it doesn't make sense for those places to go out there and sign someone from three universities removed. It's going to make sense to use the person locally. And so I'm really curious to hear their thoughts on all of that. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. We've got a great show ahead. Joining us on the Name, Image, and Likeness podcast is Scott Hurth, the owner of the MDEN. Scott, thanks very much for joining us here today. 
Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Scott, if you could just give a little bit of background on what the MDEN is uh, for those that are, are listening to the, the NLI report for the first time, who you are and, and yeah, the, the relationship that the MDEN, the official uh, you know, merchandise retailer of Michigan Athletics, has had with Michigan Athletics. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that is the key to it right there is that we are the official merchandise retailer of Michigan athletics. And what does that mean? That means that we are the concessionaire in the football stadium. So we have 12 locations in and around Michigan stadium on game days. That means that we are the store on the athletic department website. So when you click shop in the upper right-hand corner of the athletic department website, that clicks right through to mden.com. And that means that we have the five brick and mortar stores that we operate all day, every day, uh, three here in Ann Arbor and one in Detroit and one in Novi. And that's how that works. Scott, are there, I mean, across the country, are, are, are there a lot of relationships like yours with other schools with the Georgia, like Michigan will be playing in the college semifinal with an Alabama, Ohio state. Are there, ten, are there do there tend to be an official relationship with one entity um, across college athletics? Not that we have found. Okay. We are very, very fortunate. We've been doing this a long time. Uh, we've been a good partner to Michigan, I think, and I think they value our partnership. And as such, I think we've been able to create something that's unique in the college industry. Um, no, a lot of people deal with fanatics and a lot of people deal with, you know, their partner's lids in, um, in stadium, but no one has all three legs to the stool. Those in the in the stadium, the uh, sales on the web and sales in the stadium, like we do with the university here. I know Georgia. My daughter almost went to Georgia, <laughs> and so I I got to see the 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 store down there uh, myself up close and personal. And I know that in that that situation, they have uh, it's divided amongst three folks. So the uh, the store is very nice, right across the street from the football stadium, um, but that is run separately from the from the uh, internet sales and from the um, uh, in-stadium venue. Well, well, the reason that, and, and I wanted people to understand a little bit about that background and the relationship between Michigan and the MDEN and, and how close they are tied together. And uh, as we as we start to transition here to talk about name, image, and likeness, and so a little bit of background, Scott and I have known each other for a while, and we came into each other's orbit a little bit more um, you know, concretely, I, I host a class or I teach a class at the University of Michigan called the History of College Athletics. We wanted to talk about name, image, and likeness in the very first week of class. And my students, my 50 students, about 20 of them, which are our college athletes, University of Michigan. I mean, that was uh, here, you know, here I am. It's uh, early December. And all my students, when I said, you know, what was your favorite topic? All of them were like the name, image, and likeness topic. Um, that's all they wanted to know about. And Scott came in and he talked to my class about the relationship and, and how things have kind of come together. And you know, this name, image, and likeness became a part of NCAA legislation on July 1st, 2021, where student athletes, for the first time in their history, were allowed to make money off of their own personal brands. And what I what I want to get into here, Scott, is just how the MDEN immediately jumped on that because you guys saw it coming. You realized, like, hey, we have this great relationship with Michigan, but we have this fan base, this this, this fan of the MDEN that love all things Michigan football, basketball, hockey, gymnastics, on and on and on. And we can take advantage of that. And all by taking advantage of it for your own selves, you're also doing this great service for the student athletes because you have given so many student athletes an opportunity to come through and sign autographs and sign jerseys and take selfies. And so kind of tell us a little bit about like 
when you went back to, to the beginning here, when this was going into play July 1st, what was the MDEN's kind of approach to making the most out of this? So the because we're Michigan's partner and have been for a long time, the first thing that really crossed my mind is, one, we got to not screw this up. And then we need to make sure that we are the partner that both the athletic department need us to be in this situation. Not clear what that meant, but we needed to do whatever they needed us to do. And the corollary to that is now the student athlete is involved and we need to find a way within the rules. And I'm putting air quotes around rules because there weren't a lot and it wasn't clear what the rules were back then. We needed to do within the rules, whatever the student athletes needed us to do, at least within our power to do. So this is coming at at the world like a freight train. And we put together about, you know, five points that we think we could play in this, that we could generate additional sales for the MDEN for sure. But most importantly, generate additional income for the university and generate for the first time um, income for the players. And those five points, a couple of them were fairly straightforward. One of them was, well, we do autograph signings now with players when they graduate. Well, why can't we now do it with current student athletes? And that got within the rules that got an immediate, absolutely let's do this. Mm -hmm. There was no, I don't want to say there were no hurdles to jump, but it was very straightforward. Name image likeness is in place. We can have current student athletes come to the MDEN and sign autographs and we can pay them for that. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's an easy one, low hanging fruit right there. And we, we were able to operationalize that within days of the um, new NIL laws. A more complicated one that we were uniquely positioned to be able to take advantage of uh, in, in conjunction with the Valiant Management Group, which we'll talk about in a second, is custom jerseys. Mm -hmm. And because of our relationship with athletics and because of our relationship with Nike, we are one of the few people who can print custom football jerseys, a Nike or slash Jordan in our case, uh, custom football player, football jerseys. And we were able to, because we had the stock, we had the capability, all we needed was the players to say yes, um, Nike to say yes, and Michigan to say yes, the athletic department. Well, we had the stock, we had the capability. Um, it took a minute for um, the university to say yes, but not long. And so when, when the university said, yeah, we're on board with you doing this, uh, as long as it's through the custom program, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to print custom jerseys of the current student athletes, just like you can print custom jerseys for any other of the five or 10 billion people on the planet. So that, that would work as long as Nike's okay. Nike was fine with it, said, yep, use all those blank jerseys you've got, go ahead and do it. So then it came down to, we needed a quick way to get the play the student athletes to say, yes, we're in. And that's where the Valiant Management Group came in, Jared Wangler. Um, a recently graduated football player. This is what he's kind of made his um, career out of right now is to make NIL as good as it could be for University of Michigan athletes, student athletes. And he was able to, within a day, get roughly half the football team to say yes, sign a contract, yes, opt in. And within a week to have basically everybody opted in. And so we had everything we needed. We had all the permissions we needed. We had the capability to do it. And within uh, by, it, was, it was the day of the art fair. I think it was Saturday of the art fair. So that's around July 18th. So within 18 days, we had launched what was, we came to be found, the first um, player name and number jersey program mm -hmm. for current student athletes. 
and um, and to say now, especially given how <laughs> the season has gone, yeah. to say that it's been wildly successful is an understatement. Yeah. And it was wildly successful before we knew what the football season was going to look like. We, yeah. sold, we sold a lot of jerseys. Well, now um, we had a heck of a football season. And so, and that's going to be money right back into the players' pockets. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Scott, and it's, um, you know, Michigan went 12-1, and one, uh, won the Big Ten Championship, beat Ohio State. Uh, you know, when, when I first thought about this, I thought, like, I don't know how many of these guys, I mean, maybe a couple of players, the quarterback, you know, the starting running back will, will have some success. But I don't know how many guys beyond that. Now, there has been a lot of, uh, you know, special moments for this Michigan football season, these Michigan football players, beyond just the superstars, beyond an Aiden Hutchinson who uh, was representing Michigan at the uh, Heisman Trophy as one of the four finalists, beyond just Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins, you know, Andrell Anthony, who wears the number one jerseys as young freshman, and, and he had a big game against Michigan State and then popped. I mean, so I, I'm a little bit curious. Um, and you know, who ended up, who end up as we are going into the Heisman weekend, who have been the top, what have been the top Jersey sales for you, uh, with whose names are on the back of those jerseys? It was so I, it's been, so we pay quarterly. So the last time I looked at this was at the, so July, August, September was at the end of September. And I, so I don't have an exact answer for you, but I'm going to get in the ballpark here. So at the time, at the end of G, at the end of September, J.J. McCarthy was the number one selling jersey, and it was not close. Mm. Not close. Um, since then, um, you, it was, it's the guys that you mentioned. I have a feeling that as of this moment today, and there are a ton of jerseys being made. at our, Again, we have to make these one at a time. We can't bulk produce these. That's what the rules are. Mm-hmm. So there are a ton of jerseys being made to be given as Christmas presents this holiday season. I imagine so. The winners, the, the winner of that race is going to be one of four people. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, or Hassan Haskins. Okay. It's okay. going to be one of those four will be the winner. And are we talking like a thousand jerseys? Are we talking five hundred jerseys, a hundred jerseys? What's the what's the ballpark number? The winner will be will be higher than any of those numbers you just said. And for the audience, it was ten dollars per jersey that you were paying to the student athletes. Is that right? Higher, higher than that. Okay, higher, right? Um, and I think that's out there. A couple of a couple of um, folks. It wasn't going to be me that was the first one to tell that story, but I think a couple of folks have said that number on the players' side. So they're getting twenty dollars a jersey. Okay. Well, I mean, listen to what Scott just said. So, you, you know, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but right. I threw out a thousand as the high number and $20 per Jersey. So someone out there, one of these young men could be banking $20,000 in Jersey sales. And as he said, it's higher than that. And so Scott, what does that process look like for you? I mean, you said you pay quarterly. So, you know, you yeah. send that to, you know, you send it directly to the individual, to Hassan Haskins. Do you send it to an agent? Do you send it to his parents? Like, I mean, because a lot of people are kind of curious about this from the business owner side. Like, what do I have to do to put the money properly into the pocket so it's not probably going through? And the other part of this, too, and one of the things we're going to talk about, I'm going to teach a class at Michigan in the fall of name, image, likeness is like, look, you might be handing someone a check for 20 grand, but that person's got to understand there's going to be taxes. You got to talk right. to an attorney. You got to talk to an accountant. Like, there's not, it's not like you're just going to the bank, putting that $20,000 in deposit and be like, all right, I'm going out and buying myself a car right now. Right. There is no question about that. And thank the, thank the heavens that we had the Valiant Management Group in the middle here, because this is how it works in our case. We, we're a big enough company that we have, a, you know, a back office that's got real, account, real accountants and people to keep track of this stuff. We've got an ERP system that is 
well set up to track this stuff. And we had to make sure that was accurate because the last thing I wanted was anybody to come back at us and say, well, this isn't right. So we had, before we even launched the program, we said, can we track this correctly? And the answer came back, yes. Mm -hmm. And, and that, was, that was very straightforward. So now at the end of the quarter, so, you, so which will happen here at the end of December, we will, we, our system will spit out, here's how many jerseys were sold by, for each of these current student athletes. And, and it's fairly straightforward math, multiply that number by 20, and our accounting department will cut a check to each of those um, individuals mm -hmm. that had a jersey sale uh, in, the, um, in that quarter. And then I will, we're not doing, there's no address on that check. We are not mailing, you know, how, how, are there 135 kids on the football team? <laughs> yeah. We are not mailing 135 checks. We're giving 135 checks or whatever the number is to Jared Wangler okay. and the value management group who will then hand deliver them to each player. Okay. And in a couple of cases, I know there are some foundations involved and there are a couple of cases with some um, non-U.S. citizens and things like that where it gets just a little bit complicated. But for the most part, it's we produce the checks, hand them to the value management group, and they, um, they get them to the student-athletes. Has this been good business? I mean, the, the name, image, and likeness, a lot of people, I mean, have talked about whether it would be successful for the student-athletes, whether whether it will take money out of the pocket of the of the school, whether it would be a good business for for the businesses. And I know there's a lot out there, and, and you know, whether or not there's some schools that are just kind of into like a pay-for-play, like, hey, we're just going to have a rich alum give a guy a check for 50 grand or 100 grand. In fact, I just saw the University of Texas announce that every single offensive lineman uh, the scholarship offensive lineman will get $50,000, uh, whether you're the starter or the backup or the third string. Um, and so, you know, I've kind of thought like, that's going to, that's going to occur. We're going to have that. And, and I certainly don't think like, you know, any school is going to be, is going to avoid that, um, necessarily. But I've often said like, look, like at the end of the day, as this thing shakes out over the course of a year, two years, three years, it's going to need to make sense for a lot of these businesses. Cause I think there's more businesses that are involved, such as the MDEN such as a restaurant, a hotel that's trying to actually drive more business to uh, their bottom line. And so has this been good business for the MDEN? So we came at it two ways. The, the one way is that we, like I started talking initially, that we need to do what we can to help Michigan, our partner, and to help these student athletes. So there were some things that we would do specifically to try to get money in the kids' pockets, within the rules, obviously, the autograph signings, for mm -hmm. example. Okay, whether that generated a return at the MDEN um, is, I would say, um, questionable. It's, but again, we never charged for autograph signings anyway, pre-NIL or post-NIL. It was kind of part of a marketing budget mm -hmm. and kind of furthering our, you know, the strength of our relationship with the athletic department. So I would say yes, even though revenue minus expenses may not have on that specific signing day been a positive number. Set that aside. So we're glad to do that. But we're also not a big enough company that we can be paying all these players um, on our own a bunch of money just for the sake of being here at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Again, like you said, I think that's going to have to happen to a degree to keep up with the Joneses. But when you get to something like the jerseys or the jersey T-shirts, which uh, came out of that, or some of the other things that we're now doing, it's absolutely been great, great business. Um, the Michigan versus everybody program, where not just the football team, but every student athlete on campus here, yeah, we'll get a piece of those proceeds as that is tallied up here at the end of the year. Has been very successful. Everybody right now wants Michigan versus everybody product. Yeah, yeah. 
And every student athlete at Michigan that's opted into the program, they didn't have to, but if they opted in, everyone's going to get a piece of that at the end of the year as well. Scott, you know, it's interesting when you talk about the the autograph sessions and and I'm curious, I mean, was that a, was that an upfront, like, Hey, we're just going to give you a, a fee for showing up. Was it a, a portion of whatever sold in those two hours? Um, how did that work? And the second part of that is, you know, this started off with, uh, you know, I saw a number of football players like Aiden Hutchinson and Blake Corum. And it eventually as some of these guys started to popping, uh, you know, for success this season, it was adding more, more players to that roster, but it was also basketball team. It's also been the hockey team. And it's also been like, you know, and this may, and you may have more than this, but I mean, I saw the women's gymnastics team was, was doing this. So it wasn't just about football and basketball. And I know that we had uh, an, an interview with Matt Ishbia from United Wholesale Mortgage, who works with Michigan state. And I mean, he did it just for football and basketball. Now he said in a, in a, in a big world, you know, I'd love to be able to do more, but you kind of took it and said, it can't just be about two sports here at the university of Michigan. It's gotta be about more than that. There's no question about that. So again, this all starts from the fact that we are the partner of the university of Michigan. Well, first of all, this is the university of Michigan and we are the partner of the athletic department there. And there is no way that on this campus that we could, um, not have it as inclusive as possible, including, uh, well, if you want to say the non-revenue or Olympic sports and men and women, um, the fall got very busy. And so we weren't able to get as many of the, of the non-revenue sports and the female student athletes in as we would have liked, but we will. And so, like you said, the gymnastics team was there um, day one, well, almost day one, and basketball and hockey and uh, gymnastics, and there'll be more. There'll be women's basketball down the road here soon. Um, and in the fall, and I'm sorry, in the, in the spring, we'll certainly have baseball and softball, and it'll be, it'll be um, as inclusive as we can possibly make it on the autographs uh, signing front. Um, that... And it's really important that for most of our autograph events, and so, and when I say most, there's some things coming up that are going to look a little bit differently. But for the basic um, autograph signing that we did before uh, name image likeness, and now that we've done after name image likeness, it's been a fee uh, upfront. Not doesn't matter how much stuff we sell, mm -hmm. um, it or how many people are in the store that day, or what we, the store sales were that day the student athlete gets a, a flat fee and it's been the same flat fee for every student athlete uh, when they come to, the, to do the autograph signing. And that's an important statement we had to make. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really interesting because I think, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of conversations about uh, title nine and fairness and gender uh, equity and things of that nature. And uh, you have certainly taken an approach of, uh, you know, you can be the starting running back or you can be, uh, you know, the, 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 the best, um, you know, rower on the, on the female rowing team, and you're still going to get that same deal. And so, um, right. you know, I, I would tell other business leaders, in fact, you know, I got, I, I get consulted quite often, uh, now since we've, since we've put together some things and they, they've come to me and said, Hey, you know, I want to give a lot of money to this particular football team. And I said, well, if you're going to do that, I'm telling you right now, you should go out there and find yourself one or two female sports at that same school and offer that because you don't want to get into where we're only doing this with male sports or we're, we're, we're being, you know, beyond like bad business sense, because you're uh, eliminating half your audience. Um, you're also, it's bad PR. It's bad PR for your business. So it's interesting that MDEN from the get go, Scott, you guys were on top of that. Right. We were. And, and the, the other side of that is that supply and demand does play a role here. Like we talked about with the jerseys, the fans drive that 
and remember, every one of those jerseys has to be made. So you could see it when Hassan Haskins jumped the guy at the Nebraska game. Whose jerseys do you think sold the next day? You know, so yep. when great things happen, there is that, you know, there is certainly a hierarchy of ability to earn more money. Mm-hmm. What we've de- declared is that when you're coming in for an autograph signing, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. You're here as a student athlete at the University of Michigan. We're going to pay you everybody the same. Supply and demand will take over on jersey sales and sales of merchandise after that. And 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 that makes sense. You know, quarterbacks are going to make more money than linemen are going to make in general. <laughs> That's just a, the, the way of the world. But when it had a t- in terms of Title IX and things like that, or revenue versus non-revenue sports, at the end, then those folks are all going to get paid the same when they when they grace us with their presence. Well, Scott, let me finish up our our interview and, and ask you this: We're not even six months uh, into this, right? I mean, we're just at that right at that point here. Um, things are going to change dramatically. I mean, uh, as I, as I mentioned, the the deal for the offensive lineman at Texas. Uh, I have seen, you know, some incredible deals out there for um, a lot of, you know, the, the BYU football team, but I, we've seen things for a lot of female sports, including Michigan state basketball um, with uh, an earlier interview we had, uh, you know, there, things are changing so dramatically um, and you've got a great system in place at the MDEN already. And so let me ask you a, a two-parter one Based off of, and, and you're a big you're a big sports fan, and you're a big student athlete fan, you're a big Michigan fan, obviously, and you and I have had conversations. And so, compared to what you thought this was maybe going to be, or what it's going to be capable of, how good do you feel about name, image, and likeness becoming part of legislation uh, now? And the second part of that is, you know, what's next? Like, how you know how much are you just you know keeping your eye out there and seeing like what else other schools, what other other businesses are doing so that we can also take advantage and make, you know, the most sense both for yourself, for Michigan and for those student athletes. You know, I really am glad you asked that question because I, when this was coming down the pike, I was, I was afraid that it was frankly, nothing short of possibly the death knell for college athletics. And as it's played out, I don't think it's been that. And I don't think it's going to that place anymore. Um, and the reason why is this, and these, this, let me just give you this anecdote. And I think it explains everything. So we've had, I don't know, 20 or 25 kids across a bunch of sports in student athletes, um, in our store for autograph signings this year. So I got to know roughly 25, 30, you know, for you know, three hours of their time sitting right across from them at the, at, at these autograph signings. And when we're done, I, ha- I hand them a check. And I hand him my business card and I say, I say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for Michigan. Thank you for what you've done for the MDEN. And if there's ever anything I can do for you down the road, please let me know and take my card and use it if you need, if you need anything from us. And to a person, they all come back and say, no, thank you for what you're doing for Michigan and for me. To a person, they have been great kids that you would be so proud to have them representing the University of, Mich- University of Michigan. And the th- I got thank you notes hmm. as they're leaving our store. Thank you notes. And I said, and then look what Blake Corum did yeah. on Thanksgiving. And look what these other folks are doing with charitable. They're taking their money and it's not ruining anything. They're doing good things with it. And th- that's what needs to get talked about, yeah. frankly, is 
we yes we, yes we need to pay student athletes that is here to stay that and the transfer portal make the game that you and i grew up with different mm-hmm. but the money that's getting to these kids they're good kids they're it is it is not a bad thing and it's frankly been beautiful in many cases and so that's one of the answers to that question i i don't have as big a concern about what it's going to do to college athletics anymore yeah Two, um, I can just say there's some things that we've seen and that we're, we're going to be a part of, and there's some things that out, are out there in the in the world that I don't know about yet that are going to make this conversation six months from now <laughs> we're gonna be, like we're looking back to black and white uh, pictures. There is there is a lot coming, and uh, there's a couple of things that we're going to be involved in very soon. I can't I can't break that news today, but um, that are going to be bigger and better than anything we've done before with these student athletes. And then there's some, I'm sure there's some things that I haven't even thought of yet and that the world is going to go really fast towards. Yeah. It's, it's funny, Scott, you say that because, you know, I'm preparing my syllabus for the fall of 2022 on name, image, and likeness University of Michigan. And uh, I just sent a draft uh, to the school of education and they said, well, can you include many, you know, more uh, research and more, uh, you know the articles and links to all these things that are that are ha- that are happening and all the name and likeness. And I said, you know what? I can include some of that stuff, but if I include it, there's a pretty decent chance that when I get to like July of next summer and I'm really kind of getting into prepping for the semester, that I'm taking all of those links and just throwing them out You're and right. having to start from a new position. I said, so if yeah. you want me to include them, I can. Or you can just take my word for it that it's going to be, there's going to be a lot more out there. And it is changing so dramatically every uh, single day. And more and more people are getting used to it. More companies like the Valiant Group are popping up. Uh, and 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 you you said something, and we're going to talk about this on a future episode because we're going to talk to Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy, two of the stars from Michigan football. And Blake Corum took his some of his name, image, and likeness money, and he bought 100 turkey dinners for families in need during Thanksgiving. And he's done more with charitable and, and nonprofit work. And JJ McCarthy has done stuff with uh, university of Michigan children's hospital. And, you know, unfortunately a tragic event that took place in Southeast Michigan uh, recently, a, a high school shooting in Oxford um, community. And he's taken some of his money and, you know, donating it to that, to the, to the families and the victims and things like that. And so, you know, it's, what's incredible to credible about it to me, Scott is you look across college athletics and you see all these coaching changes that have taken place and you see coaches walking in and leaving their, their team high and dry, like Brian Kelly did. And, you know, and, and you see other and, and Lincoln Riley from Oak, leaving Oklahoma to go as USC. And there's all these questions about integrity and, and how the, you know, how these coaches are, uh, you know, putting together, like honoring their, their students. And they talk about, you know, the, the, the degree and all these things that, you know, integrity and class and all these things you've got to be. And they're not really showing them. And yet you've got young men and young women in college athletics who are taking the very first time that they have an opportunity to make money and taking that money and putting it towards a great cause. And I mean, I'm looking at it going like, you know what, let's stop paying attention to what the coaches are doing. Although, you know, we, I could certainly talk about what Jim Harbaugh has done and how he's donated a lot of his performance bonuses uh, to people, but maybe we should just look at the, the 18 to 22 year olds and let them be uh, our guides in this whole thing. There is no question about it. I make this say we, we've had a lot of student athletes through here. Um, and 
you, you, you could not, as you get to meet them, you could not ask for better representatives of your university and your community. And I know we need to win football games and you never win enough football games, but we are coached by a good man, a good man. And who's got the university, he's got the best interest for the university and he's got the best interest of these kids. And lo and behold, we got the mix right this year and we won a lot of games. And I don't think it's a, I don't think that's just a coincidence. We got some great kids and we're led by good people and good things happened. Well, Scott, uh, really appreciate your time today. All right, Michael, we're big believers that a lot of deals that will ultimately get done with athletes will be local businesses as opposed to these big, high-flying, sensational deals. Though You'll certainly see some of those with the, the bigger, more prominent players, the more influential players out there with the bigger brands. But a lot of deals are going to get done on the local level with important businesses in the community. We've got an example of one of those. We're going to learn about it, a deal that just got done in East Lansing. We've got April Klobis on with us. April, you are the president and CEO of MSU Federal Credit Union. And you're in the NIL game, aren't you? We sure are. How exciting. It's incredible. First, tell us uh, you're a local credit union and serving your local community there. You made a decision to put some dollars here on the backs of uh, some MSU athletes. Tell us about the deal that you've made. Sure, absolutely. So our credit union um, was founded to serve Michigan State faculty, staff, students, and alumni. So all MSU is, you know, our focus and we have been a longtime supporter through donations to MSU Athletics. Um, and as part of our donations to MSU Athletics, we have been a sponsor of the women's basketball team. Um, so doing an NIL contract with the women on the basketball team is a natural extension of our support at the university and of the women's basketball team. Um, so we you know, wanted also to be able to provide female athletes an opportunity to um, have, you know, to participate in NIL as well. Um, and so for us, uh, we met with the, the student athletes, um, reviewed all the rules. Um, you know, they met with MSU compliance. They, rule, you know, reviewed all the rules. Um, and we came to a contract agreement with the, with the women for services. Um, so our contracts are with the eligible uh, players and they have a contract for five hundred dollars per play uh, per player per month. Yeah, and it, and it, it's awesome. And in April, I'm I'm curious about the the process of as you said. I mean, you met with all the players. You know, what is that like? Because you know, in in, a, in the same article that mentions that you know that announces this, there's uh, a mention of Hopcat getting together with uh, Peyton Thorne, a quarterback from Michigan State. And so, is it a challenge when you want to work with an entire team and you've got to go out there and you know, women's basketball team has 15 players uh, on scholarship, has a couple other players. I mean, is it a challenge to get all of them to agree? Uh, would this deal have happened if you only had three or four of them agreed? I mean, how did that whole process t come together? Sure. Um, so for us, uh, we had some uh, previous contact with the players. Um, so we knew contact information. So really, um, you know, by rules, we're very much wanting to follow the rules from NCAA and MSU. We never want to put an athlete in a position to compromise their scholarship. So um, you need to have direct contact with the individual players, as you noted. Um, so for us, it was, you know, generally easy. The women's team is a small team of 15, of course. Um, and, and so we just reached out to, you know, the players that we had contact information with. So we were interested in pursuing this. 
you know, did A, they have interest and B, would they like to, you know, inquire with their teammates and um, see if there's interest and if there was uh, to have them contact us. And, and that's how the process worked. Um, then we had a group meeting for all those that were interested. Um, we reviewed requirements. We reviewed potential contract. We reviewed, you know, what is in the contract with them. We gave them, you know, the process for advice of seeking their own legal counsel. And they also needed to know the requirements from MSU and NCAA. Um, and so the women did all their parts. You know, we then came back together a week later um, and, and moved forward with the process. April, I, I want to take a step back even further from the business perspective. So here you are, you're a business. Businesses are in business to make money and drive profits and so on. There was a decision that was made at some point in your business to look into this deal and this opportunity. And you mentioned you wanted to support female athletes and in particular the MSU basketball, women's basketball team. But you're spending $54,000 on this. And, and in the end, it's really going to be measured, I, I believe, uh, as most businesses would, it's going to be measured by what did it do for us? And so as you guys sat down and you said, okay, we're going we're gonna to take 54000 from the marketing budget over this period of time. We're going to spend it on this. This is going to be a business move, a business expense we're justifying because we believe it can advance our business. Tell me some of the expectations you have from the business standpoint, how you're going to measure it, what it means. And in the end, when you look back on it, you know, when the contract is over, was it successful or wasn't it successful? And are we going to do more of it? How are you going to think about all that? Absolutely. So... A, um, our contracts I don't think will be that much because we only 12 players are eligible. So international students are not eligible. Um, and then our contract started in October and will end in June at the end of the school year. You know, and then we'll, as you pointed out, we'll do a look back to ensure that this was a valuable um, way to spend our marketing dollars. Um, so for us, you know, to the, the, the marketing in today's environment is slightly different. Um, people do look to... Uh, influencers and in their, you know, personal and social lives um, for information. So we intend for the women on the team, um, they're required to do, you know, a certain number of social media posts. Um, you know, for us, uh, a large target market for us is Michigan State University. Again, those students, those alumni, the donors, um, to, uh, encourage them to have accounts at the credit union. Um, when we have more MSU folks using the credit union as their financial institution, that provides us the opportunity to do more in the community and for the university. So, so for us, it is a, it is a true you know contract for service. Um, where the students uh, are going to do social media posts, they have membership referrals, um, they will be attending uh, events and programs that we do for our members. So we do a kids' day, you know, so they'll sign autographs at the kids' day. You know, so some of it is just engagement for our members um, to to have them engage more with the brand, um, and we think that this is a great extension of doing that. You know, part of what we have is we have similar programs for Michigan State University students for internships. And the athletes really didn't have the opportunity to do the same type of internship work over an extended semester due to their, you know, schedules and, and so forth. So, you know, this this opportunity that was presented to athletes through the NIL that provides the students, you know, the same access to maybe job skills and, um, you know, learning that other students have. Um, and so that's, that's also part of why we wanted to participate. 
Yeah. So at the other end of all this, when you look back on it, you're with your team leadership and your marketing people and so on. And you say, was it a good spend? Are you judging it by, I mean, I hear about the social media posts and the deeper engagement in the likely community of people who would do business with you. It all makes sense. Is it really a branding play measured by just brand impressions and branding? Or is there a, you know, a more specific uh, way, way to measure the ultimate success of this program? And if so what is that? Sure. I I would say it's a combination of those elements. You know, uh, even if we were spending $50,000, you know, maybe most people don't um, do uh, online, you know, paid advertising. So $50,000 for online paid advertising um, may not even get you the same level of impressions that we'll get from 12 individuals posting, you know, regularly to their social media accounts and, and tagging the credit union. So A, it's impressions. It's likes, it's follows, it's, you know, click throughs and did the referrals, you know, we're going to track the referrals and where did they open their account from. Um, so all of those levels of engagement um, is how we'll measure the success of this. April, I'm curious as a, as a business uh, owner, as a president uh, and CEO of uh, MSU Federal Credit Union, um, you know, when you look at it, you, you're, you've signed 12 athletes from the Michigan State women's basketball team. Uh, I'm going to bet that not all 12 athletes are created equal. And what I mean by that is some of them are going to have bigger social media following. Some of them are going to spur uh, greater referrals uh, than others because dynamic personalities, because of the way that they use social media, because of the way that they interact with the kids uh, when they're signing autographs and things like that. And so what I'm a little bit curious about, uh, because we saw Matt Ishbia from United Wholesale Mortgage make a deal very similar with with the men's team, is when you look at this and and you do talk about going forward, is this something that you envision as, hey, you know what, if a couple of athletes pop and they're better for us overall, we're going to focus our efforts on just a handful or, you know, from talking to to Matt a little bit, I mean, this is something that was is big news for Michigan State. And this is something that, you know, as a byproduct, maybe not your direct, uh, you know, motivation, but as a byproduct, is going to help the Michigan State women's basketball program attract future student athletes to their school. Oh my goodness, look at, if you come to Michigan State, there's this great opportunity to work with the MSU Federal Credit Union to sign a name, image, and likeness deal. And so I'm curious a little bit about, you know, how much that played into it and the idea that you spread it around to all 12 players as opposed to, at some point, someone is really, really good and they're bringing a lot back to you just focusing on one or two of them. Well... There, you know, those are all great points, and so we—that's why we have right now a current academic year contract to evaluate the results, to evaluate the individual engagement um, from, you know, the players doing their set of responsibilities as well. Um, I do like the aspect of of having all the eligible, you know, team. I think, you know, they play together as a team. I recognize that. Uh, You know, some people on the court um, may be more successful than others on the team, and that may translate to, you know, their social media engagement and their experiences. Um, But, you know, that that may not be true, right? It may, like you pointed out, some people may have a more creative way of doing their posts, and so they're more um, successful in the engagement. So I think we're going to look at it and make um, some evaluations um, but but for us right now, it was the opportunity to present the entire team uh, with the with the contracts and the you know to work with us. And so um, I, I think the the women came together as a team. 
um, to to agree to participate and and work with us. And so I think that's also a positive on the team aspect. You know, I think there's some impact, interestingly, Michael and April, of of making a commitment like this, a business, a local business, making a commitment to a beloved local community of college athletes at this great university. I think those who are really passionate about the university, come from the university, or at the university, whatever it may be, have ties to the university, are supporters of the, the, the athletes and the, the, the sports team. You know, just the deal itself probably results in more business coming your way. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, a positive brand impression in and of itself. The deal itself is a positive brand impression. Uh, and I think that's really interesting. I think the other thing this deal speaks to is, is again, just the kind of the nature of this. This will probably be how most deals look, you know, in the sense that, you know, again, we'll have those really high flying big deals that make headlines. But I think this is the kind of deal that really works. I mean, uh, this is a local team, a lot of local passion around the team and a local business, you, you know, using the opportunity to to benefit itself in, in the way in which you have. April, I'm curious, did you, did you follow any other models out there that you researched and cited in crafting this deal or, or, or you know, I'm just curious how you valued it and so on? Um, we obviously did some research on, you know, what was done with other agreements, what, you know, for us, it was really important, maybe not as much as what the dollar value was for the deal as it was to ensure that our contracts were fair for the students that we followed the regulatory processes that were put in place because that that to me is you know the most important that could be impacting to the students and to our brand and so for us we wanted to make sure we followed those procedures very well um and then you know actually for us what we asked the athletes to do for their paid services is you know similar work like i said that we would ask other interns to do other brand ambassadors to do for us and um, you know, then, you know, did just some basic math, right? Like, so how many hours of work is this equal? You know, what would we pay an average student intern? And, you know, is this um, a reasonable amount for the, the work we're asking them to do each month? And, and, and that's how we came to our contract, um, you know, terms in terms of what we wanted to pay and the expectations of the paid for services work. April, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, good luck to you. We, 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 we hope to see, you know, maybe catch up with you in a couple of months and, and track sure. how this is, uh, has gone for you both for, for the MSU federal credit union, uh, and then for the athletes themselves, um, you know, and, and if they're enjoying it and, and having fun with it, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the roster here and I'm, I'm going on their social media and looking and going like, I, you know, I'm going to be curious to see what type of posts they do and how they do, uh, engage, uh, engage the audience. So, uh, very exciting stuff. And, uh, you know, congratulations, uh, on being one of the pioneers behind name, image, and likeness. Thank you, and, and thanks for taking the time with us this morning to learn about our process. Of course. Good to have you on, April. Thanks for sharing the story, and good luck. Best of luck. And I, I really do look forward, Michael, to checking back and seeing how it really is. You know, let's check on these deals as they begin to mature and play out, and uh, let's see how it's all working. April, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Good luck. Thank you. All right. The thing that this show has illuminated for me is the impact that NIL is already having and will continue to have on, on a local community, local consumers being impacted by the influence associated in the brand equity associated with a given athlete on behalf of a brand and, uh, and the athletes benefiting because there's opportunity locally to be part of this NIL. You know, as we've mentioned before, many of the big, big name athletes are going to get the big, big national deals. But lots of business to be had and done and where the impact may even be greater at the local level.
Well, I think there's certain businesses that are going to be very tied to their college that the, and the college athletes that right. they're with. Right. I mean, the Michigan State Credit Union is not going to sign Michigan no. University of Michigan uh, or or Ohio this, State this or Penn is, State athletes. It's all about affinity. Absolutely. <laughs> and and MDEN certainly is not right. going to sign anybody right. that's not a University of Michigan of uh, athlete. And right. so, so Jeff, what I'm kind of curious about is is like how does this translate? Now we've we've spent. Uh, time talking about, uh, you know, these two big universities in the state of Michigan, but how does this translate to other small towns out there? And and my theory is, and uh, is the smaller the town and the more specific the mom and pop shop it is, the more it makes sense to use the local athlete that is a star in that community versus now, look, if you go to Chicago and you're talking about uh, a, a billion dollar company like they're, they don't need to use Northwestern athletes necessarily right. or university of Chicago, Illinois athletes. They're going to use a big name athlete. But if you go into, you know, what are some of the, the, the small schools, Albion, sure, Alma, Adrian, Look. uh, Lake Superior state here in, here in the state of Michigan, you know, any of those, like they're going to want to use the local athlete. Yeah. You know, brand equity comes from brand impact. And in many cases, brand impact in a local community by a local beloved athlete who is really impactful in that community and for the school that he or she plays for, that can be quite significant. So I think that, you know, while the deals as judged by dollar amount are not going to be as sexy, they're not going to make the headlines, but that's still very, very meaningful for these local athletes and for the businesses who want to take advantage of the opportunity to have them be represented by these athletes. I think the impact is quite significant at the local level. What I think the thing too is that what is so so say you're a, a a mom and pop shop in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the university in Kalamazoo is Western Michigan, right? And Kalamazoo College, those are the two. And so you are using a little bit of what Western Michigan has established. You know, so you're a Western Michigan Bronco football fan. You're a Western Michigan Bronco hockey fan. And so you say, hey, we're gonna have the hockey and football players coming over uh to sign autographs and the whole thing. And so those those, you know, young people, the next generation of fans are gonna come and you know, want to get those autographs signed. They want to get like their Bronco gear uh, pictures and the whole thing. And so they're using the brand that's already established by the university. And now they're just applying it to the athletes themselves who, you know, autographs is a big thing. Selfies are a big thing. Like those are the type of things that I think a lot of small towns are going to be able to take advantage of. Yeah. And in the end, this is all judged by, I mean, success is really measured by did more business result as a direct result of the, of the execution of a deal like this. I mean, that's ultimately where it comes from. And I think the influence and the impact that those local athletes can have to draw attention, create awareness, create energy around a given brand or business, I think it's right there for the taking. We're going to see a lot of that. I think most of this NIL activity will be that type of thing. Well, Jeff, let me ask you another question. Is both of them talked, and April specifically was using uh, women's basketball players for Michigan State. Um, You know, she didn't offer this to, you know, the men's hockey team. She didn't offer this to men's baseball or men's lacrosse. She offered specifically to the women's basketball team. Uh, and then hearing from Scott Hurth of the MDEN, and he said, look, like if we were going to do this, we weren't going to exclude one gender, right? Like we have gymnastics, we're going to have softball, we're going to have more female athletes. And so what is, you know, I, I've heard this when this first came into play, that it was all going to be football male dominated. And I think you've actually seen some of the bigger deals have been signed by female athletes. And so as a business owner, you know, kind of talk to me about using both, both men and women to sell your products, using both men and women, uh, to, to help push your brand and create the brand that you're looking for. Yeah. And I think that, you know, alignment matters here. You obviously want to use the athlete as defined by, uh, 
you know, for whatever it is that that athlete is seen as with respect to brand equity. So given if it's a, if it's a male appealing to men, that's one thing. If it's a male who can appeal to women on a various, for various reasons, that's another thing. And, and the same goes for women. I think it's a matter of alignment. You need to really, if you're going to pick women to represent a brand in which you're trying to sell to women, uh, you need to make sure that the, the, those athletes are, you know, or that athlete appeals to women for whatever reasons it are, whether it's aspirational, um, you know, whether it's uh, uh, women who uh, you know, have that affinity for another woman for a given reason, it supports a given cause, they all feel good about, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, that alignment is going to be critical. And when that alignment's right, it's a powerful thing to line up someone who represents the kind of brand purpose you want to advocate and convey to your consumer marketing audience. And uh, when, when used effectively, when aligned properly, it, you know, it can work. Well, I think, I think exactly, Jeff. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about diversity in our, in the business that I'm in. And we talk about like, you know, beyond just like the moral and ethical, you know, improving society as a whole, there's a market to be captured when you're, when you diversify, when you uh, are a company that, you know, that has, uh, you know, people of different races, ethnicities, uh, sexual orientation, when you have all these different things, because you can relate a little bit more to everybody. And, you know, I think if you just had one athlete, if you just had football players, maybe you appeal across the board, but maybe you just appeal to a certain segment. And so I think some of these business owners, what they're showing is like, look, like if you really want uh, to, to, to get as big a market grab as, as possible, you can't just be one sport. It can't just be one athlete. It's got to be uh, everybody because there are going to be certain members of the population out there who are going to respond to a women's gymnast better than they respond to a male basketball player and are going to respond to a softball player differently than they respond to a baseball player. And so, you know, you can have all those things. And well, now you can get the softball audience. Now you can get the baseball audience. Now you can get the gymnastics. Absolutely. It just makes sense. You know, like anything else, whether it's a, uh, whether it's an influencer deal, whether it's a, uh, you know, it just out there in the business world, been around forever, a brand sponsor, whether it's a, an individual representing a brand, again, it gets to alignment. Who's your audience? What message are you trying to convey? What objective are you trying to achieve as a result of the execution of a, of a deal like this, whether with a college athlete or, or you know, a professional athlete? Still the same. I think if you've got that alignment right, the channel's right, the messaging's right, the objectives are right, the measurement of it all is going to be appropriate, then it can work. But I think you're, you know, you said it well, you can't just throw a, a big name uh, on any given campaign and assume you're going to really achieve the objective that you set out to achieve. So well said, Michael, listen, great show. We, we learned a lot. Again, this is a very exciting territory. We're operating in here with a name, image, and likeness, really exciting times. And we're thrilled to bring the best stories, the best practices, latest news, latest deals getting done, how they're getting done and hearing from the experts like we did today. That's what this show's all about. I'm really looking forward to future episodes too, because we're going to talk to a lot of athletes uh, coming in future episodes about the deals that they're signing. There's some really creative stuff being done out there. Right on. All right. Well, great stuff. Back next week with another episode here on the NIL Report. If you're an athlete, if you're a business, if you're in the university environment, you're looking to understand what's happening in this space, join us each week here on the NIL Report. <laughs>